What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleach Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Joined, as always, on Friday by Mello. I'm laughing because I messed up my own intro. And I almost complimented you last week. It's like, you don't even have this thing written down. You just say the same thing I know, I... three times a week. And then it's like I jinxed you in my own head. I Bleep. guess we can do that to each other. Yep, mind meld. Uh, we have a great show. We are going to talk news and notes We're going to give you our top five players with the most to prove at the NFL scouting combine, which is just a shade over a week away. We're going to talk to Georgia tight end Isaac Nata, and then we're going to do draft on draft mellow. It's going to be fun. Uh, I I feel like I feel loose tonight. I feel good. That's good. You're doing your shoulder shoulder. dance over there. I wish people could see me. We need to start (laughs) streaming this on YouTube. We really should. What everyone else should do. I got two bits of notes for the listeners tonight. Faux the stickies. Share your bits. Number one. March 2nd, you know the drill. 2D Brewing Company, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be outcha, as the kids like to say. What? Do they say that? I've never heard that one. Just, but all right. I've heard it, I think. Okay. If not, make it a thing. My son kids. just has a southern accent. Hello, fellow kids. He's probably just saying it wrong. He's like, just has a speech impediment. So anyway, 2D Brewing Company, 5 o'clock. It's free. Come hang out with us. We've got stickers, wristbands, koozies, hugs, high fives, autographs. I don't know if I've mentioned it, though, but these spots are filling up. Like, it's getting to the point where yeah. we might have to contact too deep and be like, what's what's capacity? I have not done so in a bit. Last time I checked, there were 150 people signed up for this thing. So if you like people, if you need friends, do you remember we used to have a segment where people could ask questions? And one guy was like, how do I find friends who like football? This is how. Go there. We didn't do meetups then. There are 150 people signed up. Here's how you and make it's not friends. closed to the public either. So let's go ahead and just fill this thing with all of our let's stick to football. Yes, let's take, stick to football takeover over. 2019. I like the STF takeover. You know how like college football teams have their like hashtags like Texas is is like oh, yeah. clout. You know, yeah, right? With the clout UT. 19. Yeah, yeah. STF takeover. Yeah, I like it. You know, clout also has OU in it though. But they capitalize the U and the T. I know. I just need to feel like we need to text Brian and be like, hey. I think he's doing a pretty all he's right great. job he's down there. His job. We'll let you do you. Second bit of news, guys, and this is very important. If you want those amazing stick-to-football T-shirts and hoodies that you see us wearing, you can get them. Go to the Bleacher Report shop. We're going to give you 20% off because we love you. Just use the promo code DRAFT. Boom, 20% off. You can use that money, save it, buy a ticket, come out to the STF takeovers that were I have tailgate tours better. Come out to the tailgate tours <laughs> that we're doing in Indianapolis, Nashville, or March. And one more thing before we get to the show. One of our best listeners, super interactive on Twitter, listens to every show, sends in a ton of draft on draft questions. Our guy Tyler Fornis ended up in the hospital this week. He had to have, I believe, an emergency appendectomy. Yeah. Some part of his body that's supposed to be there is not anymore. So I just wanted to send some well wishes because I told him I was going to send him some stuff and it's still sitting in that chair over there. So I am, <laughs> I have a care package ready for you, Tyler. Some books, some stickers, a koozie, some bracelets. And apparently if you rupture your appendix, is that right? Appendix, yeah, yep. you get to be a member of the very prestigious Stick to Football Hall of Fame. Because he also has it in his oh, Twitter man. bio. So congratulations on that. But in all seriousness, we hope you get well, man. It sounds like you're really going through some stuff. Hopefully the good uh, host here at Stick to Football can keep your mind off some things. And uh, you get better very soon. Yeah, Vikings fan. So he needs some good news. So... I feel like he looks like we've met him before, but we've met so many people over the last year that I could be wrong. So there's n- yeah, no telling, no telling. All right. Now on with the show. First bit of news, Mello. A lot of bits tonight that I want to discuss with you. It's something that I've been uh, working on all week, talking to agents, talking to scouts, general managers, coaches. And it's a question that I wasn't sure where I stood on until Thursday at about one o'clock afternoon time, not in the morning. If Kyler Murray goes to Indy, and he doesn't throw. And if he goes to Indy and he doesn't run, does that hurt his stock? I'm going to go with no. Very hot takey here. We've seen what he can do on the field. I don't think there were any questions about him on the field. Is he going to go get his height checked? Yeah, hopefully he clocks in at 5'8". Anything under 5'8", and teams might second-guess him. But we've seen him throw the ball. And I have no questions about him throwing the ball. I think he does it with great velocity and touch. To every level of the field, the important part for him is going to be the interviews. 
because we've seen him on the Dan Patrick show, he absolutely shit the bet. So if he can perform well in the interviews, I think he can solidify himself as QB1, but the interview is going to be the important part for him, not the throwing. Yeah, that's what I agree with, and, and I'm with you. So that's where I came down on it. I don't think that him running a 40, like, guess what? He's fast. Yeah, I mean, I expect him to probably, whenever he does run the 40, four, five, four, sixes. Oh, like no, he's, I think it'll be four, three. You think so? I mean, he's incredibly fast. Yeah. I, he is short area quick more than he is straight speed. Uh-huh. The rumor going around, like, scouting circles is he's legit four, three. He, and he might be. That's because so he, fast. He plays very fast. I just figured quarterbacks... A four three for a quarterback a is four ridiculous. three at five ten is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he might get drafted at corner if he keeps this right. up. Yeah, uh, it's not normal to be that fast. Also, we've seen him throw. I don't know that throwing at the combine could hurt him necessarily. I think maybe it could help a little bit, but I kind of go to the side of it couldn't hurt him. Now, I will say this, and and spoiler alert: if you read scouting notebook, you've already read this, but I want to say it as well so that we can expand on it. My guy, Teddy Bridgewater, several years back, 2014 draft, opted not to throw at the combine. And he was like Kyler, an underclassman. So he didn't get a senior bowl to show off. So you got one chance and it's your pro day. And he did not have a good pro day. And he fell in the draft. There was, yeah. It's not like that was an opinion. No, this is a fact. Bridgewater fell in the draft because of a bad pro day. Kyler Murray saves himself for his pro day and has a bad day. It's going to hurt him. So I think you just have to be aware of that decision of maybe you can make it up in private workouts, but you can't have a private workout with every team. Right. But I think one thing that Kyler is probably weighing right now is how much football training has he done over the past couple months when he was trying to make his decision? Was he going in there saying, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start training for the combine. I'm going to keep throwing and going through all this, all these workouts. So I'm ready. Or was it in the back of his mind, like, oh, I don't really know yet, so I'm not going to commit to football. I don't know what the whole process was there. And if he hasn't been throwing for a while, if he just picked this up two weeks ago, he doesn't need to throw because he's going to come to the combine. And then I think he could. If he really like showed up and just couldn't hit any targets, that would hurt his draft stock quite a bit. Do you remember when Calvin Johnson uh, showed up to the combine and he was like, I'm not going to run, I'm not going to run. And then they like they kind of start like getting on him like – you should run. I think it was even Mike Mayock was like, why aren't you running? Like, come on, man, you need to run. So he borrowed some dude's shoes and ran four, three, five. Yeah. Just showed up, stretched. I a hope Kyler Murray kind of does that. It's like, all right, fine. All right. Yeah. It goes out there, sees everybody fine. else throwing. It's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, he'll what? keep asking. He'll keep calling and calling. I like Kyler Murray. <laughs> like I, the more I watch him, I, and I'm in the, the, I'm in the phase of scouting right now where I'm in the, what can you do? Like, what do right. you do? Well, a lot, like a lot of things. He does a lot of things really well. My biggest questions, and I, I, I would love to talk to Lincoln Riley. If you're listening, Lincoln, please let us know. It would be a, a great interview. How many of his reads were predetermined versus how many are him getting to second and third on his own? And that's not a knock on him. I just want to know because that tells me how far along he is in terms of being ready to play in the NFL where you're not running a lot of predetermined determined reads. And then... I would would like to know like what comparisons to him and Baker are there, you know, because that's that's logical. Baker came out of that system and had a lot of success as a rookie. Could have been rookie of the year. A lot of people think he should have been. How close is Kyler to that? Because Baker did start for three years between Tech and Oklahoma. He was pretty game ready. Where is Kyler at on that same spectrum? Yeah, because he he was a one year starter at Oklahoma. Saw the field. A little bit at AM kind of split it with Kyle Allen, but I think you're right. Like, how much of it is predetermined? Because a lot of quarterbacks coming from the spread offense, that's what they got hated on in the beginning of this whole thing. It's like, oh, you're telling them where to go with the ball. A lot of people think that about Jared Goff now. Yeah. So, so uh, not sure. Tr- Can we take a second on that? You won't, you won't take a second. You'll the take clock a whole show. stops at 15, number one. 15 seconds. He, Sean McVay cannot talk to Jared Goff anymore. Number two, Sean McVay's little 5'8 spiked-haired ass is not getting out there throwing the ball for Jared Goff. You still have to execute. Even if somebody's like, hey, your first read uh, is Robert Woods. Okay, got it. First read, 17. You still have to throw the fucking football. Well, and a lot of times in the NFL, you don't get those good, clean first reads. Even if it is 15 seconds, you're already lined up and you see the defense. 
It's a little bit more difficult than that. I mean, Tony Romo is out there predicting things with like seven seconds left yeah. on the play clock, not 15. So. And I will say one more thing on this. I was a bad high school football player, but I was a smart player. Even back in high school, like I, I understood the chess match that is football. I could say I could help my coaches call the plays. I still had to go in there and execute them, and I could not. And that was at 1A high school ball. I can't imagine trying to execute in the NFL. You have to be talented. There's no oh, substitute definitely. for that. These guys are too fast and too big to be right. You couldn't fake that. You can't be average. Okay, there we go. I just I will go off on that, as you know. Speaking of gaining weight, I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Le'Veon Bell is apparently on the mellow meal plan. We have been pushing this product for underweight players who want to bulk up. Hit us up if you need it. Le'Veon Bell apparently thought this was him at Michigan State. He was a right. big dude at Michigan State. He lost weight when he got to the Steelers, and it was it, that was why he fell in the draft. It, then he gets to Pittsburgh, the same thing they did to James Conner. They lean these guys out, get them faster, and you're like, oh, that's an all-pro running back. If he is at 260 pounds, as is alleged, there's no way in hell he's going to get the $50 million over two years that it's alleged he wants. That's Aaron Rodgers' money, brother. <laughs> and you're a running back. Yeah. You're who not, hasn't played in You're not Kirk Cousins. There's a whole lot to unpack here. Let's start with the weight. Because he was a big running back at Michigan State. He was about 240, if I remember right. And then you're right. The Steelers saw his body type. and like, nope, we can clean that up. And dropped him down to like 220, 225. Made him one of the best running backs in the NFL. If he's at 260 right now... That screams problem. So I know that you've been sitting out for a year, but if you're sitting out for a year and you're not working out and getting ready for this offseason, that, that's like an off-field issue. That's no longer an on-field issue. That's a, that's a work ethic thing, and I don't know if I want to tie $50 million to a running back with all these issues. I don't know where the market is for him. It's hard to tell. Like We've seen guys like Todd Gurley get a good deal, but... And I even mean, like, who's going to sign him? I mean, it's it's obviously going to take somebody with a lot of cap space. I don't think the Colts should go after him. No. I know you don't think so because they have Marlon Mack, who played very well in the playoffs. So why would you spend that money on a running back when you already have a pretty damn good one? So there's no it's way cheap. he's getting 25 million. Let's just accept that. But he could probably get 15. Mm-hmm. If you're the Jets, would you want to sign him to two years, $30 million? Probably close to fully guaranteed. I think it would depend on how close they think they are. If they they're think the that, Jets, I mean, so they think they're close. <laughs> but I just, I, in the next two years, are you going to be ready to contend and go up against the Patriots? If not, then why not just try to bring in another young running back that maybe you can hit boom or bust in the running back position? You can find some guys pretty late yeah. in the draft that are not fifty million dollar running backs or fifteen a year running backs. Elijah Holyfield, round three. Right? Problem solved. Yeah, I mean, anymore, round three has been the like the peak time to take a running back. You get guys like Kareem Hunt. I think Marlon Mack was in that air, like that same area too. And there, there's no wear and tear on that body. And it's not $50 million. One thing that I have thrown out there is the Raiders. And I've been saying they, they can afford it. They have a need. They might be willing to overpay to get some free agents there. They're moving to Vegas eventually. There, there's a lot going on there. They definitely have the money, but it is. It's like Cleveland three years ago. You're going to have to overpay to get people to come here. I could see Oakland doing that. I got a, a call this morning while I was driving Emmett to school, and somebody was like, stop saying it'll be the Raiders. He's not going there. I was like, well, why not? I, they overpaid for Marshawn. I think just because he wants to win. It's, oh, well. So where is he? Where do you? Yeah. <laughs> so no offense. You're not going to the Jets. The Ravens? Are you going to pray that the Colts pick you up? I think you're going to have to cut them a deal. Maybe the Ravens. What about your 49ers? They like to overpay for running backs. Have Jerick McKinnon. If exactly. they let him go, yeah, they have the cap space. That was more of just a, I was trying to get under your skin. It didn't work. I'm not as much of a Niners fan anymore to where I actually care about stuff Well, like your that. your Patriots won't pick him up. We don't need him. Have you, did you see the Stephen A. Smith clip where he said they should go to the Panthers? Yeah, because they don't have, they don't running have any back. running backs. Yeah. Max Kellerman, that poor guy, he's so good at his job because he's just, you just see his head like tick. Like, here we go oh, again. fuck. Go viral again. Yeah, I'm going to be on Twitter sitting here. And so Max Kellerman goes, well, they have Christian McCaffrey, who's very underrated. Stephen A. comes back with, well, they don't have any receivers, though. Yeah, bro. Like, 
I don't know. So what's his big plan? You moving McCaffrey to receiver? I think. That, I, don't, I think he just rushed for 1,000 yards did. last year. I don't know. So it will be interesting to see where he lands. Like you said, he might have to give someone a deal. He might end up somewhere like Tampa, you know, where they didn't, they drafted Ronald Jones. It didn't work. Uh, that would actually be exciting. Bruce Arians loves that. That, that would make catch. sense, actually, as mm. we kind of talk this out and <laughs> workshop this. Uh, Tampa would be a good fit. Stroke my beard here. That one makes a lot of sense. So Tampa, there you go. We uh, would like a cut of that deal when you sign it. You're welcome. You're welcome, Tampa Dan. Mellow is Georgia week at Stick to Football. We had DeAndre Walker on earlier. Now we get our buddy tight end Isaac Nada. And I should have told you this before we hit record. Mellow and I are Texas fans, so I just want to rub it in that we did beat you in the bowl game. Hey, <laughs> tough, tough, tough one for us, but uh, you know, hey, it's always good when uh, when Texas is good at college football. I think it makes college football better. So you're off to a great start with you this really interview are. already. Yeah, buttering us up. <laughs> I I want to go over some things and I was looking into your background a little bit and the first thing that jumped off the page to me was that you went to IMG high school and I think you might be the first guy we've interviewed who went to high school there can you kind of walk me through that process how do you go from being like a stud Georgia tight end to ending up down at IMG for your senior year yeah so you know for me I was at Buford High School in Georgia initially and that was a pretty pretty loaded team as well. We won three state championships. Never the only game we lost was actually to Deshaun Watson, um, pretty good player. Yeah, not bad. And um, but my dad had a job opportunity in Florida, and uh, when IMG heard about that, um, you know I was going to be moving back to Florida. They called me and, and asked me to come down there, and I thought it was a great opportunity, um, you know, to to go compete with some of the best and play a national schedule play on ESPN in high school and um so I thought it was a pretty pretty good move to go down there one thing I noticed when we started we knew we were going to talk to you is uh first thing I always do I like to look at a picture of somebody so I know who I'm talking to you are like us are you got some tattoos so how many do you have and what is your favorite one because I have I have I think I have 11 or 12 so like I have a lot too um you would not think it if you google me you're like that little nerd has 11 (laughs) tattoos looks like a fucking librarian I do Uh, so what's your favorite one um, I just got the one on, on my right arm. Um, you know, I got a cross tribe around it. Um, yeah, I, I want to get the arm done in the future, uh, get a full sleeve, but, um, you know, since I got the one right now, I'd say it's probably my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good choice. I have a feeling you're going to have like a big payday here pretty soon. You could probably <laughs> add some more to that piece if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely been in the plans. Um, you know, I just wanted to hold off until I got, you know, uh, linked up with a, with a really good artist to make sure it's, you know, done well. That's a good point, too, because I got, like, my first one when I was 19, and it is shitty. It's off-center. It's not, it's not good. It's all scarred up. So I'm with you there, man. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your draft decision. There, A lot of people are talking about this tight ends class as being a pretty deep group this year. Did you look ahead at some of the other guys that were declaring before you made your decision? That's a question that we've been asked a lot, so I wanted to talk to you about that. Do you look at the other guys and like, okay, he's declaring this is where he might go. Maybe I stay in school. Maybe I go. Did that play into your decision at all? Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, when when, when you leave early, the biggest thing is to, to gather as much information as you can. Um, you know, see who's coming out. You know, see what teams need tight ends. Um you know, first, before you make that decision, see if you're even ready to leave. Um, and then, you know, of course, I looked at some of the guys coming out, and this tight end class is deep, man. There's a lot of talented guys. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to bet on myself. You know, I don't I don't think that, um, you know, just because one guy decides to come out or not, you know, is going to de- defer me from, um, you know, making that decision. For me personally, I felt like I was ready, you know, mentally and physically. And, uh, you know, just being a competitor and, and, and loving the game of football, you know, and the NFL being a dream of mine since I've been little, um, you know, it was a step that I was ready to take. So, but yeah, I mean, you definitely look at who's coming out and, um, you know, we, a lot of us all know each other just from being, you know, going through camps in high school and then, you know, seeing playing each other and, and seeing each other just around, um, you know, so. You know, we're all familiar with each other. We all know who each other are, and um, there's definitely a lot of good tight ends this year. 
So one thing that that jumps out when the you know someone digs into your your game and your background is you came out freshman year, boom, twenty nine catches, three TDs. Then your sophomore year, you had nine catches, and then this past year you had thirty for three touchdowns. Really good year. What was it about that sophomore year? Because I mean, you still played in fifteen games. What was it that contributed to that lack of production? Um, you know, I think it was just the way that we um, you know, were on offense that year. Um, we didn't throw it a ton. We had, you know, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, um, you know, and those guys carried the ball a lot and ran for a lot of yards and scored a lot of touchdowns. Um, you know, and in a lot of games, we didn't have to throw it a whole lot. Like, I think I remember the Florida game. I want to say we threw it six or eight times and a couple of those were check downs and we still, you know, hung about 40 on them. So, um, you know, just the, the whole landscape of our offense that year was different and, um, you know, we we're a pound, we we're a pound the rock team. So I think that's part of it that, that, you know, led to those production questions, um, that year. But, um, you know, was, I think one of the biggest things for me that I had to prove was, you know, that I could block and that was a great year for me to, um, you know, put some good tape of, of me blocking and, um, you know, just being able to play with guys like Sony and Nick and, and block for those guys was, you know, just a great experience as well. So I think that's a part of my game that I added my sophomore year. And then my junior year, I think we put it all together. And another big piece from that sophomore season of yours is you guys switched quarterbacks uh, just a couple games through the season there. What was it like going from a guy like Eason, who you kind of came in with and you had a lot of good rapport, and then he gets hurt and Fromm comes in? Was that all right in the locker room? Did everybody kind of rally around each other, support each other? What was that all about? Yeah, you know, obviously uh, that's a very tough situation. You know, Easton's one of my um, good buddies, and um, you know, you you never like to see a guy get hurt. And uh, you know, but when Jake stepped in, yeah, you know, I think everybody rallied around him. You know, Jacob definitely rallied around him too. You know, even when he was hurt, and um, you know, he stepped in and, and played well, did what he had to do, and you know, we found ourselves in in the national championship. Um, you know, but. I think that's that's the way Georgia is. They're always going to have good players. You know, we saw it again this year, you know, with another quarterback battle. Um, yeah, and they're going to continue to get good players, and there's always going to be competition. And and that's just the way the game is, man. Somebody gets hurt, and, you know, somebody's got to step up and play. It's a performance-based business. And, um, you know, Jake Fromm stepped up and played really well and, 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 and won the job. But, um, you know, speaking of, that's another guy I'm excited to watch this year is Easton out there in Washington. I think he's going to really ball out. Oh, I definitely agree with you. And we do cover the draft here. We also cover college football. So why don't you go ahead and give me your prediction. Who's quarterback one next year? Ooh. Mellow, that's not fair. You're making a pick between <laughs> his teammates? <laughs> are, you talking about, are you talking about at Georgia or at Washington? No, uh, I'm overall. talking overall. Easton versus Fromm. Who will be the first one oh, drafted? Man. Oh, man, I don't know. Especially when you look at the league, it's all about projections and, you know, what a guy what a guy can be. Um, you know, I don't know. They're both great players, man. I, I think that just based off of based off of size and, and arm strength and, you know, if Jacob can throw together a, a, you know, a good season, I think, you know, he could be a top 10 pick next year for sure. Looking around the NFL, I, I assume I always I shouldn't do this. I, I assume you're an NFL fan. Sometimes we ask guys about the NFL and they're like, I don't watch the NFL. So first off, you do watch the NFL, right? I do. Okay, good. Whew, all right. Which NFL tight end do you model your game after? I've been trying to come up with a comparison for you myself with the scouting reports that we write. I, I think a popular one is George Kittle, who's with the 49ers now. Like you said, you really established yourself as a blocker, a three down player. Who do you see and you think, all right, like that's kind of the tight end that, that I think I am or that I could be? You know, a guy that, you know, I think personality-wise and, you know, a guy who I think, you know, I'd like to model my game after at the next level is definitely, you know, got to be Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah, I think he's a tad bit different player than me, that he's a little lengthier and, um, you know, I think he's got a little natural wiggle to him that um, – you know, is, is pretty special. I think that's made him the player he is. But just the way he plays, man, I like I like how he's physical, and um, you know, they look to him to get the ball um, to him a lot. You know, especially in third down situations, goal line stuff. Um, you know, so I would like to be you know that type of tight end where um, you know they can feel comfortable throwing to me in any in any, any situation. Um, 
you know, but as far as body wise, I think I'm, you know, built more like a Jordan Reed. Um, but you know, those are, those are two great tight ends, man, that, you know, um, you know, I look forward to, you know, potentially, uh, you know, getting to their level here soon. Well, you talk about Travis Kelsey, and I, I've heard him speak before about how basketball plays a huge role in what he's able to do on the football field. Are there any sports you play other than football that you did growing up or in high school? Yeah, I did. I, uh, in high school, we, uh, I played basketball, ran track, um, played a little baseball, too. Made it to state championship in basketball. We didn't win it, but um, you know, had a pretty good team that year. Um, you know, as far as the track stuff, man, we do that stay in shape, get a little faster in the off season. Um, and then baseball, I think I might've been a better baseball player than I am football, but just didn't have the love, didn't have the love for baseball like I have for football. So when, when you are playing next year and throughout your NFL career, that's all we're going to hear about, right? Is, did you guys know that Isaac Nata was a pretty good baseball player in high school? Because that seems <laughs> Man, to be the only thing they talk about. I couldn't hit with a leg, but I could pitch a little bit. Oh, there you go. How fast did you throw? I tapped 90. I quit before I got into high school, but I tapped 90 going into my freshman year. That's pretty good. Your freshman year of high school? Yeah. Damn, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, guess, I, I, I peaked early, man. I was pretty much the same size, had a beard in the eighth grade. I peaked real early. Well, yeah, 6'4", you're already throwing 90. Like, You're a pretty damn good tight end. You might have been a better pitcher. Yeah, dang. Yeah, that, that, I, I, I'm almost 100% sure You know, I could uh, could pitch at the, uh, at the next level if I would have kept it going. But um, just there's nothing like, you know, playing football on Sundays and Saturdays. I agree with that. So are you going to pull a Kyler Murray and try to double dip or you pretty set just, just playing football? Uh, I think I'm pretty set just playing football. You know, who knows? Maybe down the road, you know, might try something out. Russell Wilson does that, right? He goes to spring training with the Yankees. So yeah, he does. He does. There's a couple guys that do, you know, we'll see. There might be something to explore down the road. And where are you at right now? Training, getting ready for the combine. The combine is a week away. Uh, which is a as an underclassman, that's like your first exposure, you know, to to scouts in person. Not everyone has seen you yet. So, where are you training? What do you What do you plan to do in Indy? So, I'm training down in uh, Boca Raton at XP with Tony Villani. Um, it's crazy that the combine's you know only a week away. Um, you know, this time training's gone by so fast. But you know, I think it's uh, you know it's, it's a big it's a big you know, thing for, for the juniors to go do, you know, cause this really is the first time that we get to talk to teams and, and, uh, you know, really show them our personality and who we are. And, um, you know, it's a big interview process and, um, and it's a long week and then you got to go perform at the end of it physically. So, um, you know, it's all stuff we've been training for, you know, getting ready to, um, to go into this thing and do well. Um, you know, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited to, to go meet some of these teams and some of these coaches and, and GMs and all that and, and just, uh, you know, show them who I am. Are you prepared to do all the activities? I know some guys are going to, like, sit out to 40. You'll sit out some of the workouts. Are you going to do all of the workouts once you do get to Indy? Yeah, as of right now, I plan to plan to do everything. Any predictions? What's your – you don't have to give us times because I know that's a lot of pressure, but what's your favorite drill? Like, you, are you a 40 guy? Are you excited for the bench? I would guess you're more of, like, a three-cone dude just based on – watching you play <laughs> yeah i mean i like the i like the three cone i think i'm gonna put up some pretty good numbers on the five ten five shuttle and the and the three cone so i'm excited to do both those okay well common question and i think all of our listeners know what's coming here i've been asking everybody if they could do more reps on the bench than i can so what do you think who's gonna win this battle on the bench me or you well i think i'm gonna bet on myself on that one um <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go with myself. <laughs> All right, I like to set that question up because, like, then maybe you athletes think that I work out, but I haven't. <laughs> so if I could put up like two reps on the bench, that would be great for me. But I could outbench uh, your teammate DeAndre Walker because he's not healthy enough to do it right now. But I, I would also bet on you. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, I that's one thing. You know, when you said when you said uh nerd when you were talking about your tattoos man I, I just had to take a gamble there and hope you didn't work out uh yeah this is not a workout podcast that's for sure all right dude that's all the time that yours will steal from you we appreciate you hopping on the podcast and and seriously good luck if people haven't checked you out they should get on youtube and because you are one of the better tight ends in this very deep class so we're excited to see what you're going to do in indy and at your pro day and then look forward to watching you once you get to the nfl man hey 
we appreciate you guys. Um, you know, thanks for having me on the show and yeah, just excited to started excited to start the NFL career, man. It is top five time and got my legal pad here. And I got my Chromebook. Chromebook. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make lists on pa- pen and paper. Which, by the way, I've been trying out new pens lately, and uh, I don't like any of them. It's because you have to go with the G2. It's the best <sighs> pen out there. I think a G2 0.5 would probably be it. Yeah, but like that doesn't exist, right? I, I believe it does. Oh, well, go buy those. I just, I'm just stubborn. <laughs> you know how I am. I want to test everything and then go back to what I already knew. <laughs> yeah, what. what's been working for like right. seven years. Yeah. All right. So our top five this week, players with the most to lose or or gain at the combine. Players who need the combine. How yeah. That? Uh, and I'll go ahead. No, I can't because we're going to flip for this, right? Yeah, you can just go ahead. I've been kicking your ass at the flip. So if you just want to. <laughs> you know what? I got a quarter right here. I'm just going to do it. So if people are new, I always go tails because tails never oh, fails. Shit. And it was tails again. Tails <laughs> never <laughs> fails. You got me like the last four times. I, the All saying right. is a thing for a reason. <laughs> I didn't make that up. So. Uh, I will go first. Yeah, go for it, I guess. That's what we're doing. I'm going to pick Nick Bosa because oh, okay. the injury that he suffered, the core injury that he suffered midseason, lost the rest of the year, we haven't seen or heard from him really since then. So how far along is he in his rehab process? Is he going to try to do anything at the combine? Mm-hmm. I would think not. I would be surprised. Uh, yeah, I know. I if haven't he... heard anything about him working out. So I, I just, I'm curious to see where he is. Uh, as far as that, if he does work out, I think he, uh, I remember this with Jadevian Clowney. He got hurt. People were like, oh, he's dog and he doesn't really love football. And mm-hmm. then he went and worked out and you're like, oh no, he's still really good. Like that's, yeah. that's the guy still. Right. And I think with Bosa, he could even come and kind of pick and choose what he does. If he knows that he's right. ready to go in like the three cone or whatever, the bench press, you just go ahead and show up and do that. And then I wouldn't do it at my pro day. I would just oh, say yeah, one and done. Yeah, one and done, especially if you're happy with your results. Then you don't have to worry about doing it all over again. Well, it's like the ACT or the SAT, depending on where you're from. If you do mm-hmm. really well on it, you don't take it again. Yep. Nope. Good. Done. <laughs> it's like, why would you retake a driver's test? Yeah, right. Wait, I can get into school? Okay, thanks, because I'm not getting into scholarship range. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I got 21? Okay, good. <laughs> good to go. All right, well, I'm going to go with my obvious guy here. I'm going with Nikhil Harry because I really want to see what he can do in the 40. I think that it's probably going to be uh, maybe slower than most expect out of him. I think he's probably going to end up in that 4.6 to 4.7 range, but I really like his game. I want to see what he can do when he can come out there. What does he look like when he's running routes? Because some people are just not built to run on a track, and I think Nikhil Harry might be that guy. I know he's struggled to separate, but I really I just want to see him be the receiver that I think he is and the receiver I think he can but be. that's actually what the combine is for, is to answer questions. Because there are times on film, it's like, ah, oh, he's not separating. If he comes out and runs a 4-4, four, four, you're like, okay, well, he just he can separate. He just mm-hmm. We've seen that he has the speed to do it now. So uh, if he runs a 4-6, you're going to be like, okay, he's a third-round pick. Uh, you think that'll drop him that far? See, I think if he comes out and he runs a 4-6, four, 4-6 six, four, six might end up in, in the, the second, second, right? Michael Maybe. Thomas ran a four five six. Yeah, so and he it, went in the second. Went in the second, and this this is a deep receiver class. So I mean, you might be right. That could slide him into the third round, which I would absolutely love to pick him up in the third round. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with the obvious one that I thought you were gonna take first. How about Kyler Murray? We talked about it in the intro. Uh, who cares if you run or throw? I want to see how tall you are and how much you weigh and how big your hands are because those are questions that just need checked off. If the people at Oklahoma and his agent are telling us all the truth, which would be a surprise, he's going to be 5'9". And, <laughs> Spoiler alert, they're not. He's going to be 5'9 and 7'8". He's going to weigh 205 pounds. And that's great. If that's what he is, then he's Russell Wilson he's or Michael Vick. five pick. Yeah, easily. But I have my reservations that those things are true. So we'll find out. The thing about the combine is you can't, unless you're Reuben Foster, choose not to get <laughs> measured, right? Like you have to pick a fight with someone and get kicked out. You're going to be measured if not. So this is, I think, where we get to see. Does baseball not do a combine where they would have height, weight numbers on him? I mean, no, they draft players from everywhere. Yeah. They have like 20 rounds. I think they're just like, no, like we'll hockey. Just pick somebody. Yeah. And you- like King Griffey Jr.'s son got picked. 
He was an NFL draft prospect. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't get picked on that one. So no. he got drafted in one. So yeah. I'm I'm with you though. I mean, I really do want to see what he shows up and measures in at. I don't know if it's gonna affect him so much on the field because we have seen him excel. If he's there. five, nine and a quarter and 175 pounds, I think it affects him. Yeah, and I just I don't see him getting to five ten. He just he doesn't look it. But we've talked about his height a lot. So let's move on. I'm going to go with another guy that we came into the year thinking he was going to be great. Now we're kind of seeing him slide. I'm going to go with Ed Oliver. I want to see what he he weighs in at. Now, because we did talk about him on the Sunday show, is he going to be in that 265 range? Is he going to be at 280? And if he works out, I think he has the athleticism to excel in every workout that he does. I um, buried the lead on this one. Uh, Connor's not going to like this because he loves Ed Oliver. And I I like that, that we all have different opinions on players. I spoke to a scout today that said they have him, because right now they're all doing team meetings before the combine, so you get together, you review tape and rankings and stuff. They think that he is like a tier three round one player. Ooh, really? Yeah, so that's like 22 to 32. Yeah, that, that would put him into, like, Tillery range. Uh, no, maybe a little bit ahead of that. A little bit ahead of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could come out to the combine and prove everybody wrong. He's going to test athletically well, but how Is much does he? I wonder if we don't see him not work out at the combine and weigh yeah. in heavy mm-hmm. and then shed for his pro day and work out. That's what, I mean, honestly, that's what I would recommend. Because if he weighs in heavy right now— then he'll start to get talked about again. And then for your pro day, you can go show out, and then you're going to get talked about again, and you're just going to keep bumping it. And pro day is not on NFL Network, so it's not as televised. You're not talking about as much. You could sneak in at a pro day at 275. If you're 285 in Indy. Yeah, add some water weight that day or something. Exactly. (laughs) You're you're all set. Yeah, exactly. So Ed Oliver is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Am I up? Yep. I'm up. All right. Jonah Williams, I want to see nice. yep. arm length, weight, hand size. I am a firm believer that hand size matters more for tackles and offensive linemen in general than people give it credit to because guess what you have to go through? A guy's hands. If you have big hands, I can better control you. So mm-hmm. I, I do want to see uh, where he's at in terms of arm length because that is something that people care a lot about. And I, I've I've come down on both sides of it over the last eight years, I'm sure. I am at a point now where I understand that most teams want the longer I can reach, the farther you have to go as an edge rusher to get to the quarterback. I get that. I do think there are exceptions where a guy's footwork can make up for that. And with Jonah Williams, I see great footwork. So I am holding out hope that he is still drafted to play left tackle. I mean, I would if I were an NFL team, but we have heard a lot from other NFL teams that don't see him that way. So we could also see a lot of teams talking about him as a guard, as a center, I think his weight has been kind of in question, too. He better make sure he's above 300 pounds because I do think he came into Alabama pretty light. Surely by now, they've got him bulked up. Next guy up for me, I I got to take an Oklahoma guy. I'm very intrigued by Rodney Anderson. Uh, another guy that we have not seen play for a very long time. He's got to go get his medicals checked out. We got to see where he's at. He might not do a damn thing on the field. But teams are going to want to know about his medicals. They're going to want to know about all the injuries, the ACL, the back, everything. So to get some clarity here on a guy that we thought maybe could even be running back one or two in this class, we got to get some questions answered. Yeah, I that is a big part of it. And I would have had him on my list, but I we had talked, so I didn't put him on here. But um, he, he is an interesting player because there were times he looked like a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And then there were times, like, the, it was three injuries in three years. And I have this theory that if you're injured in college, you'll be injured in the NFL. And it's unless your name is Frank Gore. Yeah, he's like I think he's Wolverine. Like I Probably. think his knees are not real. Like they're just <laughs> he spent three years like Mantium. locked in a chamber. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. I man, I love Frank Gore. That's yeah. who my Josh Jacobs comparison. Was. I mean, he's almost a Hall of Famer. He. I'll stab you with this <laughs> pen. You say things like that. Good lord. Okay, we only have two left each. I'm going to take another Alabama guy, Deontay Thompson. Deontay Thompson, all season long, top 10 pick, top 15 pick. Ooh, man, he's pretty skinny. Top 30 pick. 
And then you start yep. to see Jonathan Abrams, uh, Jonathan Abram, excuse me. You start to see Taylor Rapp, Nasir Adderley, and you're like, God, if Thompson, who I do think struggled some in the Clemson game, not as much as it's been made out to, but struggled some, if he uh, comes in at 170, 175 pounds, that's a problem for me because I do like that he can be kind of a utility knife in that defense, but if he's that skinny and is not a great tackler already, I, that's where I start to worry about a little bit. So I want to see his size. I also want to watch him in the coverage drills. How well does he just flip his hips, open up, and run to find the ball? Because that was against Clemson where I thought we saw some some stiffness in those hips and his inability to just unhinge and run. And I have almost like one of your conspiracy theories that that body is maybe not able to hold up over 14 games. So how's it going to do for 16 in the NFL? You're right. He's got to come way in at a decent number. And he might be another guy who's a candidate for, I'm going to come way in heavy and then I'll do my pro day at Alabama because you know, nobody's going to question Nick Saban and be like, Hey, how much does your boy weigh over there? Well, he weighs 190, and that's what we're going to go with if you're Nick Saban. So I like that pick. He was a guy on my list, too. I'm going to steal one from you. You've been talking about Devin Singletary a lot. I want to see what he can do in the drills because his hips are freaky. Very good, very fluid runner. And I also want to see him in pass protection, going out into the flats, catching some balls, and see what he can do there because he looks at times like he could be an all-purpose back. But we got to see if he can catch, and I think they'll put him through enough drills here at the Combine that we will be able to figure that out. He was literally, literally <laughs> next on my list. I hate you so much. All right, I've got two left here. Man, this is going slow today, Melo. Greedy Williams, another player that we thought for a long time was unquestioned top player at his position. Then it, you start to get to this at 6'2", buck 95, can he run? And I think that is the question. Can you run? Hopefully we do see him run a 40. I want to see a short shuttle. I want to see field drills from him because he is a very good player, but our our guy Byron Murphy is going to allegedly be at 185, 190 pounds. That's fantastic for him. The race for number one corner is going to come down to things like the combine for me where we have some tiebreakers. We need guys to ball out and show us like, okay, you know what? Greedy is the dude or You know what? Trayvon Mullen is the guy. DeAndre Baker, Byron Murphy. The combine matters to me when we have this, you know, four-player tie. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) Tie. Four players that are good. They're all grouped together. And what is that called? It's a tie. That's where they are. (laughs) Yeah, I I had Greedy on my list as well, too. And just seeing where he's at. How tall is he? Because he's a pretty freaking tall corner. Is he 6'2"? Is he 6'3"? I think he's at least 6'1 and some change, and weight's going to be an option. And then see what, like you said, can he turn and run? Can he flip his hips? Last guy here for me. Um, can't believe he made it up to the end. Thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. But let's see how deep that bowl is because he might be five foot nine. Devin Bush is a really great linebacker. He might be Sam Mills, who was a great linebacker. I think his height is going to determine his draft stock, where he goes. I don't have any questions about him as a player or on the field. I think that he's got great vision. He can pursue. He's going to be very good. It's just, is he going to be at the back of round one or maybe slide into round two? It's draft on draft time, Mello. We've got the natties popped. I'm ready. Are you ready for the summer, natty? I am. What's the flavor again? Is it like strawberry? Strawberry lemonade? I don't know. Maybe if 20 more people tweeted at me, I'll (laughs) finally remember what the actual flavor is. I don't know about strawberry lemonade natty. I I don't know, but I'm definitely going to try it. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to try it. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I'm usually not much on, like, the fruitier kinds of drinks, and it's going to be weird because it's like a beer, I think. Those, like, uh, the little, like, limeritas and things, when those came out, uh, our buddy Dead Dan loved it, like always. Was like, let's drink the strawberries or whatever. I can't. That sweetness makes me sick. So, do you think that's the style that it will be? Probably. And that makes sense. I, and I don't like those either. I don't, they make. They really do make me sick. I can't handle that. It's like just drinking sixteen ounces like a of a Jolly off. Rancher. Yeah, or that. I don't remember what those taste like. Oh, here's been a, 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 a funny anecdote. Because I don't care. Um, when I turned 21, you know, it's like a big deal. You can go legally buy your first beer or whatever. And I, so this was 14 years ago. So statute of limitations has passed up. Dan was with me and he was 
turning 21 in like four months. I was like, it's okay, dude. Like, I, I'll get it. You know, I, uh-huh. it's not I'm a, cool. It's not I'm an issue 21. anymore, right? He wanted a 40 of like watermelon <laughs> smearing off ice. And I was like, that's a thing. It was back in 14 years ago. Us, it was like, I'm not buying that. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. What else do you want? You want something else? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not carrying that to that counter. The first time I legally buy booze. No. So draft on draft. Fitzman. 117. Hey, Matt, draft on draft question for you and the boys. What's the range for Chris Lindstrom from Boston College? Feels like a plug and play starter. They could play at a high level, but I haven't heard anything about him since the senior bowl. Thanks. So I did not read this question when I put it in here. I actually watched him on Thursday because I was doing draft 400 work and I I tweeted out my notes on him. I did not like him as much as some other people did. And my issues were with strength deficiency. Like he gets walked back a lot. Now, if you put him on the interior on a stretch zone team, like the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bears, it could work. He's just never going to be a power blocker. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually got moved to center just because yep. he doesn't. He benefits so much from double teams. So I see him as someone who really needs that that help in getting upfield, getting you know, to the second level. Otherwise, he's just going to get stuck on D tackles all day. And I could be wrong here, so don't kill me for this, but I thought he struggled a lot at the Senior Bowl, too, especially with the bigger guys, and I don't know if he can handle that. But as far as where he goes, what do you think round-wise where he ends up? I put him in the third round, I and I have seen folks tweet at me like how can you have Lidstrom so low because they do the fan speak mock drafts that right. my big boards in there like why is he available in the third or fourth round I there are other boards that he's a first rounder mm-hmm. I don't I don't see that I think there's a lot of good depth here at interior linemen especially if we kick Jonah Williams inside so that's Dalton gonna, Reisner inside exactly yeah you don't still got a lot of questions on whether these guys are going to play tackle or guard or like you say maybe even move some of them into center yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Next question. James Draper, any wide receiver? <laughs> this makes me laugh because you got that one last week or whatever. This is the question that I answered last week. So and you let's got get like a really good in-depth answer. And I'm just like, that one, the question. What are the odds that like, it's the same I just dude? saw the name and was like, oh, wrong question. And then we put it in this week. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. Any wide receiver <laughs> available at the start of day two. So that's round two. That could start day one of the season and be a star. So there's a lot of numbers in there. I understand. Yep. I confused you. You break this down for me. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking we for guys in round the NFL two draft. <laughs> that can play immediately for your team. And I love the depth of this receiver class. I don't know that we've really solidified anyone as a first-round talent. Maybe DK Metcalf, depending on how his medicals check out. After that, I think there's a lot of questions. Even guys like Marquise Brown, he could slide into the second round now. My guy, Nikhil Harry, could... Debo Samuels is the guy I want to talk about, though, because I think he will be available day two, and he can play anywhere. If you have a need at outside, he can play there. If you have a need at returner, he can play there. Kind of reminds me a lot of a guy like Hill in Kansas City, just a do-it-all guy who can come in, immediately contribute, and then maybe turn into a star. I think so much of it depends on situation. It does. It's hard I mean, to like right. say right now in February, oh, this guy's going to be great. Well, if he ends up with the fucking Raiders, then no, he's right. not going to be. One player I really like, though, that we have not talked about a ton on the show is Riley Ridley out of Georgia. True. I think he's the best route runner in the draft. And he's he's 6'2", like right. 190. He's got everything except Perfect. for predict, production. Yeah, he's not. He's, he doesn't look like DK Metcalf. No. He doesn't he's look like he came Butler, but... He's the type of receiver that I could see having a really good career. And again, it matters where he ends up. But if he goes to the Browns in the second round, yeah, he's going to end up pretty good because that's the type of receiver I think Baker could do well with. I love that we're all just kind of on this theory that the Browns address offensive line in the first round and then just go get yourself another target in the second. Yeah. Then uh, I and corner (laughs) really need a corner. Yeah. So that could happen at 17 too. All right. Marcelo Rodriguez. Love the Stick to Football podcast. Can't get enough. I got two draft on draft questions for you guys. Number one, name a sleeper free agent you'd love your team to sign. So I don't have a team. You're a Chiefs fan. But we're also switching our defense. Okay, sleeper free agent. Can I say Earl Thomas? Because not a lot of people talk about him as like a free I agent. I, Does that count? Landon Collins? <laughs> Landon Collins cleaned out his locker. You might be able to yeah, talk about him. Um, 
I like those. Um, they're not sleepers. They're not sleepers. They're pretty obvious. If I could pick one sleeper for the Chiefs, I'll pick your team. Georgia Loca, the Vikings safety, maybe. Uh, I think I like him. And depending on what they do, if Eric Berry's gone or not. Um, one from my team, the 49ers. If Kenny Vaccaro gets free, I want him at strong safety. Now, I think the Titans are really smart and they're not going to let him go. But I think Kenny at strong safety and like my guy, Jaquaski Tart is a good player. He's just had trouble staying healthy. So I would love Vaccaro there. I would like Vaccaro in Kansas City, too, depending on what they do with Eric yeah. Berry. Ha ha Clinton Dix is a free agent. Pretty good safety class. I know we've talked a lot really about is. edge rushers here, but those are some pretty damn good safeties you just named off, too. Yep. And the Chiefs could lose a sleeper free agent in Mitch Morse. That's one to watch. Definitely. All right, second question from our guy, Marcelo. Will the Reuben Foster drama make the 49ers not look at someone like Preston Williams? Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, too. You just you don't want that to happen twice. You don't want to take a flyer on a guy and then have another incident. Definitely not early. Like, I'm from the belief that you have to swing the bat. But yeah. in the sixth round. Right. Not the first round. So they're probably going to go high character guy or at least guys that don't have any questions. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's every team. But it also works the other way. There are teams that have had success with guys. So they will... Hey, we're good at this. You know, Andy Reid is known as one of them. Chris Ballard is known as one. John Dorsey uh, taking a flyer on uh, Kareem Hunt is obviously one of the Patriots. Taking a Josh Gordon. They've taken a Corey Dillon, Randy Moss. Like, there are teams that have a track record of doing that. Yeah, and just I don't know if the 49ers are there right now. Man, Preston Williams is so good, though. We you were talking about really him before like the show. Preston Williams. He's, my comparison for him was Julio Jones. See, I was getting like a Dez Bryant feel. But he's more athletic. Yeah, and he's a little bigger, too. Yeah, he's good. And, I, yeah, it's it's just so, so He's the layered. Tennessee transfer right. that went to Colorado State. He is, he's like 6'4", 210, runs really well, has made some very great catches. I don't know if it's just a situation where we're trying to make this into a guy. I, I wasn't be, as impressed. He can't go to the combine. Right. It's a misdemeanor. uh Assault charge and then a violating a restraining order. The restraining order when he got dropped, he pled guilty to the assault charge, which is why he won't be yeah. an indie. He's I, good. I made notes on him making a lot of simple drops. He lets the ball get into his body, uh, but he's also very good off the line of scrimmage. He's got a lot of burst in his game. He's got size, he's got length, and he will make some amazing catches, like you said. Like he'll go moss somebody. Yeah. But then he'll also drop like a. So Des Bryant. Right? Yeah. That's that's or T.O. God, T.O. used to frustrate the shit out of me as a Niner fan with that stuff. Yeah. Who are all pretty damn good receivers. Right. And We're guess naming what? some great guys. They kind of had some off the field issues. He he also has an ACL injury that they will I was gonna say check out of the combine. No, they will not. Yeah. So he won't be there. But it, it seemed like he oh, recovered no, he will be just medicals. fine. Okay, so yeah, he yeah. recovered fine last season. Uh, it didn't look like an issue at all. But those are just kind of the notes that I had on him so far. Yeah. I I do like his game a lot. I uh, tried to separate game and person, and he's he's a good player. Yeah. Grant Caravelli, Ed Oliver looked very blockable and ineffective against Texas Tech's offensive line the past two years. With this being one of the only power five lines he faced, is it a sign he was overhyped against weaker competition and a possible overpriced pick even at 10 to 15? I think Ed Oliver is one of the most polarizing players in this year's class because I have not. I don't have notes in front of me on the Texas Tech game. I would imagine that those with those line splits that they run, they just doubled him, or they went quick away from him. Right, and I, I think I watched this game as it happened. I don't have notes on it either, and I don't think they did double him. But he was able to get off the ball very quickly. But it's almost like he over pursued everything. So even if they ran at him, he was already five yards in the backfield. He's got a great first step. He gets off the ball very well, but he wasn't very effective. They were able to put some big bodies on him, which guess what they have in the NFL? Big bodies. And it was able to limit him and what he could do against Texas Tech. I think uh, going back to it, it's so much depends on size for him. And I know that sounds stupid. Like if he would, but he wasn't productive. But, and he's also playing nose tackle at Houston for some yeah, that was weird. weird reason. I know they run a lot of three-man front, and they put him at nose. And maybe that's what you think works best for your defense because he's going to eat up so many blockers. 
but I don't know why you don't put that guy on the edge a little bit more. Let him go one-on-one with a tackle or, or try to shoot the guard tackle gap. But they put him right smack dab over the center, and he did. He got ate up by double and triple teams a lot this year. I'm not like a, you know this, I'm not a stats guy. His stat lines are the weirdest fucking thing ever, though. As a freshman, 22 tackles for a loss, five sacks. As a sophomore, 16 and a half tackles for a loss, five and a half sacks. As a junior, in eight games, 14 and a half tackles for a loss, three sacks. He's so good against the run because he is quick enough to shoot gaps and make those splash plays in the backfield. But his pass rush productivity, and I, I know on pass rush downs, he does get doubled a lot. But he's just a weird player where, I mean, I still have him ranked top 10. He's just a hard guy to feel really good about. It'll be another fit situation where a defensive coordinator might see him and be like, I have the perfect role for him. Yeah. But it's going to be have to be a very good fit for him because he has getting eat up on the inside. And I'm going to, I'm going to just put you on the spotlight here. If you were a team that ran a base four three and you could have Rashawn Gary, Jeffrey Simmons, Ed Oliver, or Christian Wilkins, who would you draft? Regardless of draft position, if you could have any of those four players, probably Christian Wilkins. I really? think he's the like the sure thing, safest. Right, Rashawn Gary is another guy who didn't have a lot of production. Yeah, I have a hard time comparing him to anyone. And like, where does he play? He played on the edge out at Michigan. Like, yeah, can he deal with the inside, like playing in traffic with all that mess, or is he a guy that needs to be out there on the outside with where he can use his more finesse moves? And if he tests out as a great athlete, like okay, Jeffrey Simmons injured, so that kind of knocks him down. And I love Christian Wilkins. I think that he can play three tech. He could probably play nose. He can play all over the defensive line. He's very athletic, very good size, can do it all. So you give me those four guys, I'm probably going to lean towards Wilkins right now. Um, I look at Rashawn Gary, and I, I like, well, I don't want to, ooh, combine. He's going to blow up the combine. If there is a way to bet on the combine, and there used to be, oh, my God, just take it. He is going to kill. we got to look for some combine prop bets. Yeah, I, I can't find a comp for him. No, he's six four two eighty. So you start to look at that, and you're like, okay, who's six four two eighty? That's that athletic. No yeah, one, because he's not Gerald McCoy. No, because he's a lot bigger, very athletic. Yeah, and I don't think he's that strong. So you're right. I don't. I, I don't have a comp for him right now. Yeah, and our buddy Jim Nagy was like, sometimes you just can't comp guys. And you know, maybe like, he is one. Yeah, it's just a but. Our editors say that you got to comp guys, so we were come up with something. All right, uh, Brooks Quinn, what's up, Brooks? By the way, great name. Is he coming to the Royals tailgate? Uh, he, yeah, he talked to me about. It. He's going to try to make it over there. Okay, well, try oh, harder. You know, a lot of people have asked me about the Royals like meetup and yeah. what it's going to be. We are going to be tailgating because we love Royals baseball, and that's what we do. <sighs> so we're going to tailgate for the game. We are inviting you to join us. Yeah, for the tailgate, just come tailgate with us before the game. Um, it's free to tailgate. You will have to pay to park. It's like 12 bucks. It probably won't even be that for the Royals game. I think I prepaid for parking. All right. So maybe 12 bucks and bring cash because they don't accept cards for parking. It's a, or just buy your parking in advance. Right. And then just come meet up with us. We have like a lot of our friends going. It'll be a very personal event. Uh, maybe even some free hot dogs. I don't know. I've heard Boulevard is sending some stuff as well. So. So if you like their beer, I know they have some Casey Pills. That's the beer of choice. With Royals me. cans, too. So, okay, yeah, Brooks Gwynn. When you write a mock draft, how do you typically do it? Do you go in knowing what you're going to do for all 32 teams, or do you do you go as you're going through, and do you feel obligated to change it up every now and then? So I do not feel obligated to change it up every now and then. I don't care. My editors don't care. If a pick works, a pick works. So here's how I do it. I get a college-ruled <laughs> yellow legal pad, and I write – one through 32, and then I write the teams that have the picks, you know, down, boom, boom, boom. And then I pull up you my big board. spreadsheet on a piece of paper. Yep. I pull up my big board, and I say, okay, number one, the Arizona Cardinals, Nick Bosa. I cross Nick Bosa off my big board on my computer. Number two, San Francisco 49ers. Okay, if Bosa's gone, what do I do? Josh Allen, write it down, cross it off. And I go through team by team and say, if I were the GM, what would I do? Now, that's early in the year. Now, this time of year, and especially after the combine, it's, okay, what am I hearing? Mm-hmm. Okay, if I've heard that the Niners want Josh Allen, 
then when it comes up for them, then that that's where I go. Um, that's the hard thing about mock drafts. A lot of people get on us about accuracy. You're only as accurate as you hear, and one team can fuck it all up for you. In one trade, too. Yes. Like, there's a lot of opportunity for this to all just get messed right. up. So I don't put a whole lot of stock in, like, if there's those competitions, who has the most mo- accurate mock draft, then, like, I just don't care. Because no, you would almost have to do it right before the pick happens. That's another like, thing. Oh, okay, here's the trade. Some people can file theirs, like, Thursday afternoon, when a lot mm-hmm. of information is more known. I file mine Monday because we have to build graphics and social plans around them and everything, so... Yeah, ask kind que- of a big deal. Ask questions about that all you want. I'll, I'm very transparent about my work. Have you ever lost one of your sheets of paper and been like, ah, oh, fuck. I, I lost a whole 17. notebook. <laughs> I lost a whole notebook once, and I – that's why I went to legal pads because I can just roll it up, Oh, you know, right. and stuff like that. You don't have to worry about like a pen. Uh, the more you know. Yeah, so – and you got me that sweet uh, carrier, uh-huh. the little portfolio. Right. So, yeah. I, You're welcome. Yeah, I lost a notebook once. So I used to use those like fancy notebooks, you know, like oh, like a goddamn poet, like a five star, <laughs> like a trapper keeper. <laughs> yeah, like you just zip it up, right? You never yeah. have to like worry the leather bound ones, oh. you know. And like, nope, not anymore. That, I don't lose one. <laughs> Dan Kiefer, whom I love, love this guy. Add him on Twitter if you haven't already. Yeah, Kiefer, Dan Kiefer. If Odell Beckham gets traded, what are some likely landing spots, and what kind of return could the Vikings hope for? I think you get two first-round picks. I do, too. I think you'll get one this year and one next year for him. I just want him to go to the Colts. I think it'd be a good fit. I mean, and he fits almost everywhere. Like, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Top five, easy. He's going to fit everywhere. It's more about his cap number. Yeah, so I was going to get back to, like, the Colts are going to be a hot pick because they have, like, $100 million. The 49ers have some cap space. They're willing. And the Jets. Those are three teams that have a lot of money, and they're looking to spend it this year. And they could all three use a receiver, too. If you trade him, it costs $16 million against the cap. Unless you're a cap wizard who will figure out how to make it worth $3 million. That's the hit. I mean, yeah, you you save five. You get hit with 16. I don't know how you do it. It's hard to – you can do it. You definitely can, but it is it's pretty hard to do. And the Giants are the nineteenth richest team in cap space. They have twenty seven. So if he hits you for sixteen, or you say five, so it helps a little bit. But yeah, so like eleven. Yeah, that's not not great, man. Um, I I do think those teams. I have said it all. Like, I think the Seahawks are a wild card for some of these receivers too. Or mm-hmm. did you see that it was Colin Coward? So the biggest goddamn grain of salt in the world, <laughs> but. He said that Russell Wilson was traded to the Giants. Maybe you just do the old switcheroo. Just straight across. Yeah. Just. Uh, Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do at quarterback. Would you do that? Would you pull the trigger for Russell Wilson? It's very hard to find a quarterback. It is very hard to find. I would. Russell Wilson or Saquon Barkley. The guy who was going to trade trade Aaron (laughs) I would trade just about anybody not on a rookie contract is. I would do it. I don't know if I would. And I'm not Russell Wilson. Is that. Where that's coming from? I have no idea. He's a top eight quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, gotta be. Which is what you have to have he's to still win a pretty Super young. Bowl. Yeah. Has been healthy. Right? He's had those nano bubbles. He you can't hurt. say that about Odell, though. He hasn't been healthy. No, but that's their problem. So <laughs> would you take a franchise quarterback, a top eight quarterback who's probably, was he, is he even 30 yet? I bet he's not. I mean, I guess 28 years He was old. a little older coming out of NC State, so. Because of baseball? Yeah, he is 30. Oh, so. well, but still, I would rather have Russell Wilson right he now for my team. He played 10 more years. Eight, at least. Yeah, solid years, too. Where is, I, that's the thing, it's Yar from New York. Is that why they're trying to get out there? I've, I've I don't not know done my anybody. research on oh, she's from Austin. Nice. Yeah. Somebody just got a new fan. Yeah. Huh. I've never listened to a song of hers. Going to have to now. And as far as, like, the first-round things go, look, you'll have to look at who has those first-round picks, too, because the Niners, the Raiders. they're going to have to give up a first-round pick who happens to be a you third. You would have to two. You would have to flip two and six. Yeah, or so if you're the Giants, would you trade six and Odell for two and probably 34 and something next year? That something next year would have to be pretty good. The Niners don't need a receiver that badly. Like, they need an edge rusher. And I think Kyle Shanahan's still like, ah, I'll find one. 
Like, yeah. He took C.J. Beathard in the third round. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm good. Marquis Goodwin is his o- Odell in his mind. He doesn't need mm-hmm. players. But your scheme. But the Raiders, that they got a lot of first-round 24 picks. 24 and 27 for Odell. You want to pair him with the Packers? They got two first-round picks. I, but they're all late pick. Well, the Packers are 12 and then. 12 and 32. 31, 30? No, 30. 30. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know. But if I, as, a, as a Niners fan, just let me be a fan for a second, I wouldn't want to do it because you need a pass rusher. And if you have to trade all these picks for Odell, you're well, not They have a lot rusher. of holes all over the defense. You, yeah. you still need some options on offense. The offensive line's kind of getting old. I don't think Odell's going to fix all those needs like all those draft picks could. Yeah. All right, last one. Our guy Patrick Chamberlain. Love this dude. Sends in a ton of questions. If you could pick any two players from this year's draft class to square off in a UFC-style fight for your entertainment, who would you pick? That's a tough one. I was going to go with, like, some big maulers, right? But I think I want to see some guys who are very athletic and strong. I'm going to go with Devin White. Versus Devin Bush. Oh, the Devons. Right? Both very athletic mm. linebackers, very strong, a yeah. lot to prove. Like, the winner comes out on top I like it. as linebacker one. Uh, so I have two of these. I'm going to take David Long, the linebacker, against David Long, the corner. <laughs> and one of you gets to be David Long. The other has changed his last name we to do Short. that with Josh Allen? <laughs> yeah, get the two Josh Allen. So it's too confusing for me to have a West Virginia and a Michigan David Long. One of you will be David Short post-fight. Second fight I want to see, Rashawn Gary against Ed Oliver for the trait battle. Yeah. Rashawn Gary would whip there. that ass. He's I don't know. Six four. He screams soft to me. Because he's from Jersey? I don't know. Maybe it's because and he has a picture with glasses Texas. on, and I'm just like, eh, no. <laughs> I think Mike Tyson wears glasses. A lot of people do, but there's <laughs> I just something about Rashawn Gary and his game, which, like, earlier point I made about him playing inside. Like, does is he physical enough to play inside? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out at the combine. Maybe we will. That's our show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thanks for the great questions. Hat tip to our boy Isaac Nada for ending Georgia week for us. I don't – we have Lonnie Johnson. Probably not. <laughs> so we have Lonnie Johnson Sunday, so it's SEC week. We'll keep it going. That's going to be a fun interview because we all really – Really liked what he did at the uh, Senior Bowl. Looking forward to chatting with him. It'll be the three of us, Mello and Connor, joining me. And then next week, I'm off to Indy. We'll have three shows for you, including that meetup Saturday night, 2D Brewing Company. We'll talk to you all then.